0: This is Jeff Kober, and we welcome you to this Disney Insights Podcast. Well, when added up, it's been a busy June at both Walt Disney World and at Disneyland. We'll cover some important headlines, from Disney dealing with governors in both Florida and California, to changes in the Genie Plus program, to new shows and lands coming to Disneyland, to new attractions and holiday parties here in Walt Disney World. Join us for this June Disney Update. As always, please uh, check out DisneyInsights.com, where we'll have a lot of images, videos, links, and notes from today's podcast. You're probably, many of you at least, are thinking, his voice sounds a little different, and that's because I I came back from a, a Disney Alaskan cruise and came down immediately with a head cold. And I'm really fine, but I do sound, I do sound pretty bad, and and uh, at least a, an octave lower, and so forgive me for that, um, and also forgive me for not having provided a podcast in well over a week. The fact of the matter is, is in Alaska, it is not only very difficult to get a signal and to be able to push things in and out. But I also have to tell you that we were so overwhelmed by everything going on that there wasn't a lot of time to really produce additional material. And frankly, when we didn't have anything going on, I was pretty exhausted by the whole thing. That said and done, the Alaska cruise trip that my wife and I took was amazing, marvelous, and really an impressive one of an one of a lifetime kind of experience, and I can't wait to share that with you. I wanted to prepare some additional videos and other materials, uh, to um um to help um support this conversation. But um and so look for those um shortly, unless there is a big piece of news. Hopefully, those podcasts will come up, and there'll be a couple of them because. There was so much to talk about, but it was a fantastic podcast, and I'm really glad to to be back home. I just wish it didn't come with a head cold right now. Let's move uh, first through Walt Disney World, and then I want to talk a little bit about Disneyland after that. But to start off with, we're going to talk a little bit about both because really there have been some politics that have been playing out from coast to coast. First off, in just the last day or so, Governor DeSantis has um, filed a motion or his legal team has filed a motion with the idea that they don't want to go into the federal um, courts to do the lawsuit that Disney has filed until after the elections into 2025. Um, quite, Quite humorous. I mean, this is not Disney bringing this on, it was really DeSantis which started this, the whole thing. Um, And I have to say, Disney lawyers, I think really have a very good sense of humor because they retorted or what they have said is they want to go to trial on July 15th of 2024, which by the way, is the same day as when Republicans are meeting in Milwaukee in the Republican um, convention to select the party's next presidential nominee, um, both of those are in front of of a judge, and we'll see what comes of that. My, I think the thing to read out of that is if DeSantis felt that he had a very good opportunity of winning that lawsuit, I think he'd want to play that out right in front of the uh, in front of the country as um, as he was going through the election cycle. I think this is pretty pretty obvious that he's not going to win this kind of Second Amendment um, suit that basically claims that he personally, and he has stated so in his book and other writings and discussions, that um, that uh, he has a beef with Disney, and he's picked on them, and he doesn't feel like a corporation has a right to speak out about how they feel, and that he has um, responded back with uh, changing out the Reedy Creek Improvement District. So a lot of interesting things to go on there, but I, that was the first item. The second item happened also just in the last um, day or so. There was another lawsuit, more lawsuits than unfortunately you'll see in Disney, new Disney attractions this year. Lots of lawsuits. There was an a, a stockholder for Disney, a guy named Kenneth Simeon, who... Um, Uh, apparently had very strong feelings about Disney being too woke and so forth. He filed a lawsuit in Delaware um, saying that Disney had declined to provide requested records. Now, there is a law in Delaware where if you feel like uh, a corporation has done something um, illegal or immoral or something of that nature, uh, particularly illegal, you have a right to seek out public records. Well, he sought those public records. Disney denied giving those records to him. And so he went to court on it and the Delaware um, Court of Chancery, a a judge by the name of Lori Will, ruled against um, Kenneth Simeon um, and said the plaintiff, quote, is not describing potential wrongdoing. He is critiquing a business decision, end of quote. So whether or not you agree on the business decision remains to be seen. But he's not. But but in no case is Disney doing anything technically wrong. And so, um. And so uh, that individual is lost, and Disney has won um, that particular lawsuit. Now, it those two things weren't just darn interesting in and of themselves. F- flashback a few weeks ago, where there were suddenly images popping up on Instagram and um, and Twitter of Governor Newsom attending Disneyland gay days. Now, so you understand there are gay days at Walt well, Disney World and at Disneyland, but they have always been in the past unofficial um, events. In other words, people could choose to come. Disney might even sell rainbow-colored cupcakes, but they were technically... Um, They were technically um, unofficial events. That has changed this year for Disneyland. It was still an unofficial event, more or less, despite the merchandise. But um, but Disneyland hosted an, an evening event and Governor Newsom was found right in the middle. And they were very odd photos for me because while there may have been someone attending with him or some kind of assistant or somebody, there wasn't really seemingly anybody from Disney with him, uh, notwithstanding the following uh, day or previously. I'm not sure exactly what the timing was. He did end up meeting with Bob Iger and Josh Diamaro to talk about where they talked to him and showcase for him the California expansion plans that were um, that they were considering and that they were trying to eventually put forward. They're wanting to re have. Um, the ability to rezone properties that Disney owns so that they can have the flexibility to to build attractions or resorts or whatever they want to build. That is a, a thing that's been going on for about a year. Um, and any rate, Governor Newsom attended this. Now, I, in my opinion, if you're trying to get the Santa's team on your side, don't invite Governor Newsom to California. But notwithstanding... Disney may be using Governor Newsom who wants who has been going toe to toe with DeSantis um I think he called him a little a pathetic little man is what uh, Newsom called DeSantis and clearly they're trying to they need this rezoning to occur and so I think they're utilizing this opportunity since they know Newsom wants to go head to head with DeSantis in fact I think he even the, Newsom has talked about doing a debate with him, even though he's not running for office. But anyway, all of that said and done, um, those are kind of the politics which are going on. I not I um, want to spend any more time on that because there's really a lot of other things that are that are going on. Let's go to what was a big change and a sudden change to Genie Plus. I'll talk about the sudden in a moment. Instead of a particular flexible price, which may go up, um, depending on, um, the number of people in the parks and so forth as to the opportunity to do Genie Plus, which would get you into attractions, um, in a fast pass sort of way, um, by paying what has been, I mean, upwards to, I think, almost $40 on given days, um, on, on really high level days. But, Um, It gives you access to things like Haunted Mansion or Soarin' or Slinky Dog, um, those kinds of things. So what has happened is that they have now created five packages or five different plans. And in this five plans, you can now choose Genie Plus for just the Magic Kingdom or just Epcot or just Disney's Hollywood Studios or just Disney's Animal Kingdom. Or you could choose a fifth one, which is multiple parks. What I think is interesting, and I put in a screenshot of what was the pricing for today on this particular day that I'm recording, which was June 28th. It's interest, and I've actually seen uh, several other days, and they seem to be very comparable in terms of the order of price. Magic Kingdom um, has been at the same price that the multiple parks one has been. In other words, in other words, it costs no more or no less to have multiple park access as it does to have just Magic Kingdom access. Disney's Hollywood Studios seems to come in a few dollars less than that, and then Epcot a few dollars less than that, and then a couple of dollars less than that, Disney's Animal Kingdom. On this particular day, it was $25 for Magic Kingdom or multiple parks, it was $18 for Epcot, it was $22 for Disney's Hollywood Studios, and it was $16 for Disney's Animal Kingdom. Now, what I find interesting about this is um, these pricing options suggest how Disney sees the value of their individual park offerings. For a long time, Disney has had one price for any park. Um, Now it has really, through this Genie Plus, said, well, basically it's it's acknowledged that some parks are just simply better than others. That's probably not a revelation to you. But consider that in the Genie Plus account, this does not include select lightning lanes like Rise of the Resistance or Tron. But for Genie Plus only, there are 17 total uh, um, Genie Plus attractions available. 14 of those are rides. 14. The other three are... um, Monsters Incorporated, and um, Belle's Enchanted Tales, and a Mickey's Filler Magic. That contrasts with um, Disney's Hollywood Studios, which has 12 total rides, or to- 12 total genie options, to include seven rides and five others. They Their slate is very heavy. Um, their slate is very heavy with shows. So Indiana Jones and Frozen and Muppet Vision 3Ds, Beauty and the Beast. These attractions, I would not consider Playhouse Disney. I would not consider most of these attractions, except on very busy days, needing a Genie Plus option. But compared to 14, it now goes down to seven rides. The same thing with Epcot. It has seven um, well, actually it actually has nine total attractions, but it only has seven rides as well. And then two others, which serves as kind of thea- um, theatrical shows to attend. So um, so it's interesting that Ep- Disney's Hollywood Studios is more expensive on this particular day. It was 22. Epcot was only 18. But you get seven rides with either one. Um, you get more attractions with the studios but most of them are really, um, again, theatrical type experiences. Disney's Animal Kingdom came in with nine, actually nine total, um, the same as Epcot, uh, but with only four rides and five other kinds of experiences like Lion King and Finding Nemo. So it's interesting because after Magic Kingdom, who has 14 rides, Epcot and the studios comes in with seven actual physical rides. So you would think maybe that might be half the price of the Magic Kingdom, but it isn't. Um, anyway, it's, it's um, and in fact, so, some of these lower prices, $16 for Disney's Animal Kingdom, that's equivalent to paying for a select lightning lane for some of these attractions. What I think is noticeable is um, it's um, a month ago, and, and I shared this in a previous podcast. I talked about five updates coming in 2024, removing the theme park reservation requirement, good to go days for annual pass holders and cast members. Uh, Disney dining plans were coming back more part time for Disney resort guests and plan ahead with the Genie Plus. It did not mention, which is interesting because the, the subheading, coming in 2024 to make your visit earlier. First of all, these came right away, came same day. I would not. I think it actually makes it more complicated to sit there and think, well, do I do multiple parks or do I do only one park or how should I use my time? So it it, it didn't really address the simplicity issue. Um, and I find it interesting that they separate it from the other announcements, which were made about a month ago. In another piece of news, Scott Meyerowitz, of the who's the points guy, had the opportunity to meet and interview Josh Diomaro, who is head of Disney Parks Products and Experiences, and um, in the course of the conversation, they talked about Star Wars Intergalactic Star Cruiser, um, and Josh Diomaro's comment was, "No hints yet, but something will happen." Um, I find that interesting because I have to tell you when I heard. That um, they were going to do tax write-offs on these attractions, I can, uh, on this on this hotel. I thought, oh, they're just going to change it into an office building um, to kind of separate that from. But so I'm a little surprised or curious at least uh, that Josh D'Amore is considering doing something that is guest focus as opposed to backstage focus. So that more to come on that. Simply a hint that was dropped. Meanwhile over in Disney's Hollywood studios, Disney Jollywood nights was announced for December. So there's always been Mickey's very Merry Christmas party. Now they're adding another exclusive event and in this, um, exclusive event, which is going to be about 159 to 179 per ticket. They're about 20 nights. I want to say, maybe it's less. Um, Anyway, there's going to be, um, uh, there uh, after you're met by a DJ on Hollywood Boulevard, there's going to be a musical variety show that's hosted by Kermit the Frog and Miss Piggy at the Theater of the Stars. That's going to have special appearances from Princess Tiana, Belle. Of course, Belle has her own Christmas song and so forth. That would be very cool to see a sing-along experience is coming to the Hyperion Theater, that's going to feature Nightmare Before Christmas, which I thought was an interesting thing because Frozen ever the Frozen sing-along in the same theater already has a Christmas overlay. So apparently they're doing that during the day and then changing it out at night. Kind of interesting. I like the concept um, and I have some more thoughts on that. The return of Jingle Bell, Jingle Bam, You'll recall that this was playing every night during the during the holiday season, a seasonal nighttime spectacular that's jam-packed with music, special effects, dazzling start, state-of-the-art projections. That was a hit and miss. I didn't care for, with all due respect, I liked the the short with the elves, but I didn't like the whole thing threaded through with elves. But I did love many of the Christmas numbers and the, and the animation that was used throughout that. So holiday meet and greets around Echo Lake with Powerline Max. Phineas and Ferb. Um, the commissary lane is going to be thematically laid out with a as a Latin street with a kind of a holiday flair to it. Um, there's a jazz holiday music. I guess it's a piano uh, in the um, lounge inside the Hollywood Brown Derby restaurant. And then something um, that's called drop into the Hollywood Tower Hotel Courtyard for a limited capacity, otherworldly soiree so uh, lots of interesting things going on with this um i have to tell you it's intriguing to me here's my here's my dilemma um almost all of these things not the added things like um uh seasonal meet and greets maybe but or the the show with kermit the frog but all these things uh, particularly jingle bell jingle bell bam, and there's no parade. It's just the, these things, at least none that's been announced so far. These things um, were free or were part of the regular guest package. So I really am frustrated to see them kind of sealed up to only those who who do um, the nightly event. Now, at Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party, those who hold an annual pass or those who simply visit in the two weeks during that whole holiday Christmas time where it's really busy and really crazy, um, usually are able to see most of the fair. Um, the, the castle show, they're able to see the parade, which is, you know, really amazing. Um, I wonder if during those same two weeks they'll play Jingle um, uh, Jingle Bell, Jingle bam on uh, on nights where they're not holding the party. Um, that would be an incentive for me to upgrade my annual pass which is basically blocked out a very few uh, weeks except those two weeks um I'm just a little disappointed the Mickey how uh, Mickey I'm sorry the Mickey uh, very Merry Christmas party has the same ticket which starts at 159 but it goes to 200 depending on the on the day this only goes to 179 So a little bit of a price difference. I do believe it will sell out. I think people will be very excited to see um, something very different. And I don't think it will affect the sellout. Uh, I, I, from a business decision, this makes a whole lot of sense. In fact, I don't know why they haven't done it for Halloween as well. Universal has a much darker Halloween. Even Hong Kong Disneyland does those kinds of... Um, uh, mazes or um, side show kind of events um, that have a little darker flair. I mean, not really dark for for Disney, but but different than what you have in Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween Party. I think Disney's Hollywood Studio should be doing that for Halloween, and I also think that they are overdue for doing a. Um, Nightmare Before Christmas kind of land or district with an attraction. I've seen a blueprint or a layout for an attraction. Don't know if it was done by an individual or by Imagineering and it just slipped through the cracks, but something like that year round would be very cool and would really drive business for both uh, of those events, both the Halloween and Christmas, same way the, the Nightmare Before Christmas holiday overlay is found over at Disneyland in the Haunted Mansion. So I am um, I have mixed feelings about this, but I I understand it as a business point of view. Now, the last thing I'll mention from Walt Disney World is that this week Tiana's Tower has been put in place in front of the old Splash Mountain. The tower helps kind of make the mountain a little, I think, is, and the removal of the tree at the top of the mountain because it's really a salt mine hill, is kind of what they're positioning this as. Don't know how that's going to be painted differently, but it is supposed to be, it's supposed to not be. Well, there are no mountains in Louisiana. I don't know why Tiana couldn't go to Georgia and find some mountains, but you know, uh, that is what it is, and that's how Imagineering's have, Imagineering has approached it. Um, It's interesting because the tower has, and you can see this image, um, a tiara on top of it. Very cool, very clever. And then there are two little stars, which actually represent Ray and Evangeline, if you'll recall from the film. He was always looking up at the stars at her. Um, Also, we should mention that at the end of May, crowds filled up for the very last day of Splash Mountain at Disneyland. Um, even Tony Baxter, who helped develop the attraction, led the attraction um, originally, was there to experience the ride for a final time. So very cool. That transitions us over to uh, Disneyland. You are probably aware that the uh, Haunted Mansion, the movie, is coming out uh, very soon, and the um, uh, over at Disneyland, Owen Wilson, Jamie Lee Curtis, and Lakeith Stanfield all kind of showed up. Um, I, I I know that Owen and Jamie, I'm not sure about Lakeith, I know those two actually dressed up in the butler outfits and kind of handled the crowds outside the Haunted Mansion to see if anybody would notice um, who was um, moving them through the queue. I thought that was a very clever um, social media opportunity. And so... Uh, So uh, that's kind of um, getting out there, getting ready, as well as Indiana Jones. I'd like to do something around that since the film is coming out this weekend. Meanwhile, over at Disney California Adventure, I love two particular additions that are coming in. San Francisco is going in place of where the Pacific Wharf has been. The Pacific Wharf was very much a lot like the Monterey Cannery area which is very similar to a salmon cannery area I went to um, at Icy Point in Alaska. We'll talk about that um, in a in an upcoming podcast. But this has been redone to um, a new theme, and um, the, it's really quite impressive. I, I'm amazed by how much retheming is coming to this area. There's going to be a Golden Gate Bridge, which is... Um, a little scary and concerned because the old entrance to Disney California had a Golden Gate Bridge and it didn't look very good. Hopefully this time around it'll have a better look and feel to it. It's going to include a number of things. Um, first off, um, and all of these are again themed to um, to uh, Big Hero 6. Um, and most of these were all local eateries, uh, including Ghirardelli's, which I'm sure is being um, kept. The local eateries will start to introduce, this I'm reading from the blog, introduce delicious new menu offerings starting in mid-July. And we're here there at the 17th of July, so you'll be able to sample new San Francisco selections at Lucky Fortune Cookery. And the port of San Francisco, um, Cerveche, Cerveceria will officially open in the weeks following additional dining options, unique uh, shopping and more will be introduced as the transformation of this thriving seaside plaza continues through mid-August. When the transformation is completed, locations across the area from the cappuccino cart outside the San Francisco Gate Bridge to the bakery tour will be decked out in street art and colorful banners celebrating the Big Hero 6 team after their vic- victory over yokai. You'll have an opportunity to interact with Hero and his huggable Healthcare companion Baymax will say hello outside the Hamada bot shop. This is where Big Hero 6 team builds and innovates their high-tech gear. So you may see some of their upcoming inventions. Near the Hamada bot shop will be the San Francisco Maker's Market, a storefront stocked with unique apparel, homewares, and more featuring Baymax and friends. Um, the market shelves here are are situated on robot storage cases with decommissioned battle bots on display. If you turn a sharp eye to the rafters overhead, you may even be able to spot the local BattleBot um, champion, Heroes Megabot. Along the way, a vending machine dispenses collectible golden medallions featuring Baymax and other iconic images from San Francisco. Uh, diverse array of flavorful fare in San Francisco Square will include current favorites and new creations inspired by Asian cuisine as well as the big hero six themselves. Um, This includes Ant Cass Cafe, a second bakery cafe operated by Hero's loving Ant, will serve dishes, soups in freshly baked Bodine, uh, sourdough bread bowls, and more inspired inspired by Japanese cuisine. On the outside of this quick service restaurant, you'll find a mural of Ant Cass's lucky pet cat, Mochi, an old fishing net tannery across the cafe, is being converted to Rita's Turbine Blenders, a giant drink dispenser offering margarita, margaritas and icy beverages. Um, it's owned and named after the repair technician who maintains the floating wind turbine, resembling a giant koi fish that sits on top of the uh, structure. And again, cochina Cucamonga, the uh, Ghirardelli Soda Fountain and Chocolate Shop will all be there as part of it. So very cool, a little addition that's coming. The other thing that's also coming um, at the end of the month and uh, actually like in two days is Rogers the Musical. If you'll recall um, an earlier Disney Plus show showcased for Hawkeye, they were in brought in New York and went and got to see Rogers the Musical. He was totally disgusted by it. It totally looked corny and it was a social media um, I mean, everybody was talking about Rogers, the musical from this Hawkeye show. Well, notwithstanding, they have created an entire musical based on Captain America and um, and his uh, his team teammates, and that's going to be opening at on June 30th at uh, the Hyperion Theater. And so, um, and we included a video that shows behind the scenes of what's going on there. I can't tell you how excited I am to see that. Um, they put on great shows at the Hyperion Theater. And there's a disappointing thing about Walt Disney World. We don't have a theater of that quality able to do those kinds of shows as as well as, I mean, even though many of our shows are great, it allows them to do a more Broadway style proscenium show. And uh, we miss that opportunity here at Walt Disney World. Well, that concludes our podcast today. I'd hope to talk about some other things. Frozen is moving quite along in Hong Kong Disneyland. We should also talk about the fact that Christine McCarthy has stepped down as CFO and the implications of that toward looking for a new CEO. Um, Also, um, a lot of challenges in the box office for Disney this summer. Hopefully, we'll see something um, more promising with Indiana Jones. Excited to see that movie. And, uh, and Saw Little Mermaid, loved it. Saw um, Elemental while we are on the cruise line, loved it. Surprised. I wasn't expecting to like that so much. It was great. You check out those shows if you haven't seen them. More importantly, would you check out DisneyInsights.com? Because there you'll see that um, um, we uh, have put in a little um, excerpt on Jim Corcus who has just been a, a wonderful contributor and and Disney historian to so many in this community. And um, he's having some personal health struggles and um, you can um, click on that website and see some ways in which uh, we invite you to perhaps help support him during this very difficult time. So check that out. And then uh, keep uh, subscribe to Disney at Play.com. We got a lot more to come. Need to finish the castle at Disneyland Paris we got to cover the Disney Cruise Lines, Indiana Jones, so much more to come. Oh, and we're heading to Disneyland soon. So, so much to come. I promise more podcasts, and I promise less of a head cold. Thanks for joining us, and in the words of Sinbad Storybook Voyage, always follow the compass of your heart. Have a great day. We'll see you real soon.